What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, December 11th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in today. This was going to be a mailbag show, and I always plan for Fridays during the offseason to be mailbag shows, but I didn't get a lot of questions, and the questions I did get was about the news that broke yesterday regarding the Tigers' Rule 5 pick and the big news that Dave Dombrowski was hired to be the head of baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about that in segment number two. So bottom line, this will not be a mailbag show. I'm just going to be talking about the news that went down yesterday. Before I jump into that, though, I will bring up there was a new development in the hashtag Dahl to Detroit movement. David Dahl was tweeted at, I don't know who tweeted at him. It was obviously a Detroit fan or someone who was aware of the hashtag, which blew up again yesterday. I saw Foolish Baseball sent out another really funny tweet with a David Dahl statue outside of Comerica Park. And they they straight up asked David Dahl on Twitter, hey man, have you heard about this? What do you think about this? And he He said, hey, it's cool to see the fans uh, engaged. It's cool to see people tweeting about this. It means a lot. Appreciate the support. They haven't offered yet. And a lot of people were kind of upset by that. A lot of people were surprised by that. I wasn't. Like, of course they haven't. Of course I haven't offered it yet. I, I Anyone who, who costs more than $400,000, I don't think, is on Chris Illich's radar right now. So, I mean, last year, from what I remember, I'm thinking back to this. I think last year they signed Scope and Crone, who were, you know, they're kind of, they're cornerstone pieces of last year's free agency pool. I believe they signed them, it was right before I went to Florida on vacation. So it was probably around December 22nd, 21st, something like that. And, you know, we're coming up on that date right now. An aggressive team would pursue David Dalton. Look, I'm not saying the Tigers should just listen to a hashtag and go out and sign a guy. But the reason I think this thing picked up steam and the reason why Scott started it was because it makes a lot of sense on paper. A guy with a lot of upside who made an all-star team, who had some bad luck last year, who was non-tendered by a Rockies team that I think believes that they're pretty much done competing for several more years. I won't be surprised if we see Arenado and Story on the move here in 2021. It, it makes sense, but knowing how the Tigers go about their business, uh, there is no sense of urgency there. You know, If they do sign him, it probably won't be till late, and by then somebody will have already signed him, and Illich and Avila will be stuck with crumbs all over their face wondering who caught them with their hand in the cookie jar. You know, that's always what they do. They wait to the last second and then they make excuses about how every other team signed good players when they stood around for three months and did nothing. Uh, so the stupid Rule 5 draft went down yesterday. I mean, okay, I guess it's not stupid. I understand the purpose of it. But first off, let me just explain for the layman out there because it wasn't until recently, like within the last several years, where I learned about the Rule 5 draft. The Rule 5 draft is essentially, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Basically, the Rule 5 draft is in place mainly for non-competitive teams like Detroit. And basically, if you have a player in your organization who's been in the minor leagues for five years, I believe, and hasn't seen a major league ball field, they become unprotected, essentially. And you have a Rule 5 draft where a team can choose a player from another organization to bring over to their own. The caveat is they have to immediately see major league action, and they have to stay on the major league roster, pending injury, of course, for the entire season. If they don't, they get sent back down to the organization that originally had them. An example of this, the Tigers in 2017 took Daniel Stumpf. He was on the major league roster all year for the Tigers. In 2018, they took Victor Reyes. He is still with the organization. In 2019, they took pitcher Reed Garrett from the Texas Rangers. He struggled mightily. They ended up sending him back to Texas, where I don't believe he's been heard from since. And last year, they went with Ronnie Garcia, who in a 60-game campaign was on the team, started 
started, uh, I believe, a few games as well. Wasn't any good, as are most uh, Rule 5 draft picks. And yesterday, with the third overall pick in the Rule 5 draft, the Tigers took Akil Bedou, a outfielder. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Outfielder from the Minnesota Twins organization, 6'1", 210 pounds. Lifetime numbers in the minor leagues, 249 Batting average, 357 OBP and a 780 OPS. Injuries have kind of gotten in the way. Does get on base a fair amount. Has a lot of speed. Does occasionally hit for power as well. Obviously did not play last year. Did not play in the taxi squad either. He was in high A ball in 2019 and hasn't seen anything higher than that. Obviously last season with COVID doing what it did. A lot of those guys did not have a minor league season. Him included. Look, how do I feel about this? I feel about this the way that I feel about most Rule 5 picks. I like, I'll start off by saying I think it's sad that the Tigers continue to be so committed to Rule 5 draft picks. And what, what I'm about to say next is going to blow some people's minds because there's been so many arguments about whether or not this guy is good, but Victor Reyes is an exception and not the rule. And I'm not saying Victor Reyes is some world beater, but... Nine times out of ten, a Rule 5 pick, if he does make it to the end of the season for you, just doesn't end up being very good. Like, if you're in the minor leagues for five years, very often there's kind of a reason for it. Now, in fairness, this Akil Badu kid is pretty young, and that is the one thing. I'm, I'm okay with a, with a move like that. You know, has has some upside, I guess. You know, I just, uh, the Tigers really want people to get excited about this stuff. You know, they post on social media, you won't believe who we took in the Rule 5 draft. It's like, Rule 5 drafts exist for awful teams to potentially be a little bit less awful. And as I've stated on here before, I'm really tired of the Tigers being awful. And that is not a statement about this kid. I I, I wish him the best. Dude, I hope he turns out to be a star. But like, if you know anything about the Rule 5 draft and the history of it, you know that most of these guys get called up and really struggle because of course they do. Casey Mize would have struggled if you would have called him up from a high A ball immediately to the major leagues. And you're taking a guy who's been in the minor leagues for five years and you're immediately putting him on a major league ball club. So he's probably going to struggle. I guess the idea is you give him several at-bats a week probably. See if he can show you something and then he'll probably start 2022 down in the minor leagues. I guess that's the plan. I don't have much of a, of a scouting report. I know some people probably wanted me to spend all afternoon looking at, oh, well, here's what he did right. You know, some people are great at that. Like Jay Markle at, at, uh, is great at that. But I'm not I'm not really that guy, especially for a player who is, isn't going to move the needle. Like I'm so tired of analyzing these players who just are likely to pretty much amount to nothing. I just view it as a monumental waste of time, especially when we're four or five years into a rebuild, just begging for the Tigers to sign someone who's actually good. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. You know, the guy was a second-round pick. The 2016 draft out of high school. Maybe he's got some potential. Like my, my frustration is not aimed at him. It's just I, I I can't really get excited about this. I'm sorry. And, and other people may be. And other people may have their fingers crossed. To me, it just shows that this is an organization that still doesn't want to compete. You know, you you don't get excited about a Rule Five pick if you have a baseball team that's going to be any good. And it looks right now, all signs indicate that they don't have many plans on being good in 2021, and that's disappointing. Uh, So that'll do it for segment number one. When I come back, we're going to talk about the big news that broke yesterday. Dave Dombrowski hired to be head of baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies. See you in a second. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors, Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and built Bars are healthy. 
Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Next week on Locked On Tigers, we're going to continue to talk about this hot stove and continue to pray and hope that the Tigers make some sort of move to sign some players. Free agency is starting to, you're starting to hear those rumblings. My guess is by the time we get to Monday, we're going to have several signings to talk about, and I do look forward to that. Tune in every day, Monday through Friday, here on the Locked On Podcasting Network. And we're back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today. The big news that broke yesterday, it was reported that Dave Dombrowski is set to take over as the Philadelphia Phillies GM, head of baseball operations, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, Dave Dombrowski has Detroit ties, was the GM here from 2002 to 2015. It's so weird because a week ago, and and those rumors, I think a lot of them turned out to be BS, but a week ago there were rumors about the Philadelphia Phillies potentially blowing this thing up and trading Zach Wheeler and listening to offers for Gene Segura and Bryce Harper. Well, I think Dave Dombrowski is a top five GM, and I think you could make a strong argument given what he did in Miami, given what he did in Boston. I mean, really, even what he did in Detroit. I know they never won a World Series, but the guys, he's a riverboat gambler, and I, I, you have a lot of fun when Dave Dombrowski is the GM for your baseball team. But with that said, Dave Dombrowski thrives, especially in recent history, when he inherits a good situation. Now, with the Marlins, they built that thing through a lot of free agency and through their farm system as well. They had some some key pieces that they built up through the farm. In Detroit, yeah, you had Verlander and you had Granderson and Zamaya that came up through the system, but Dave Dombrowski won in Detroit by building through free agency. Nobody does that anymore. It's difficult to do that anymore. He went to Boston, and while, yes, made a lot of big free agent splashes and some big signings, some of them pretty ill-advised, signing Chris Sale to that long extension before he got injured, signing Nathan Avaldi to that long extension after really having one good postseason. But the thing about Boston was that he inherited a wonderful situation. He was given a an elite, like an all-time great farm system in Boston, and he was able to trade away some key pieces like Kopech and like Yohan Moncada, and he was able to acquire Chris Sale, and he helped assemble a team in 2018 that is probably the best baseball team of the last 20 years. The 2018 Boston Red Sox were absolutely lethal, and a big reason for that was because of how Dombrowski is just completely ruthless in his ability to trade whoever the hell he wants for whoever the hell he wants now. If you win a World Series, that's all great. And the Red Sox are kind of coming out of that now. They were garbage last year. They had a disappointing season in 2019. But I don't think a lot of them are complaining because they won a World Championship with him at the helm. You you don't have that with Detroit. And so we're stuck watching a a floundering GM and a flailing owner do nothing as we wait another 30 years for this thing to finally get off the ground. We know what you get with Dave Dombrowski. He will do whatever it takes to win a championship but he will gut your farm system along the way. Here's the problem. The Phillies suck. (laughs) The Phillies aren't a very good team. They have some good players. They have some really strong individuals, but they they don't have a very good team, honestly. Their bullpen is garbage. Aaron Nola is a solid pitcher, and Zach Wheeler had a good year last year, but they don't have a lot of depth necessarily in that rotation. There's holes in that lineup. They're about to lose Riamuto, who'd been arguably their best player over the last several years. 
They don't have a good farm system, so they are essentially going to be asking Dombrowski to do one of two things. One, and I don't think this is the case because I don't think you would bring in a Dave Dombrowski if this were the case. I, I don't. They either ask him to rebuild this to trade away Wheeler and trade away Harper and Segura and try to build up a baseball team that can be competitive within the, within the next three or four years. I don't think that's his M.O. I don't think that's what Dombrowski was made for. I don't think that's why you bring in a Dave Dombrowski. So I kind of have serious doubts that they're going to do that. Or they throw all caution to the wind again, throw out some more overinflated contracts, and pray to God that they fall into a really good baseball team here within the next several years. Dave Dombrowski is an elite GM but he's not necessarily a guy who's known for rebuilding. Now, you could say, what about Detroit? Did he do it there? Uh, I just I attribute that more to building through free agency. Yeah, they got they got Verlander, and he, he drafted well for the first couple of years, but he's not a great drafter. We saw what he did in Detroit. They didn't draft or develop anyone who turned out to be any good. That's the reason why they fell apart. Like, yes, I would trade... Al Avila for Dave Dombrowski in a heartbeat, but let's not act like Dombrowski did everything right. I mean, one of the final moves he made was he traded Eugenio Suarez, who's turned out to be a perennial all-star, for Alfredo Simon. So so he's not infallible. Like I said, Dombrowski is an elite GM, but I think this may be the most difficult task he's been asked to do. And you could say, what about Detroit? I mean, when he took over in Detroit, they were god-awful. They were, but at least they had the benefit, at least they had the luxury of bottoming out when he got there, and that's where they fell into Verlander, and that's where they went and got Zamaya and some of those prospects that did admittedly uh, contribute a lot to that team in 2006 that made it to the World Series. I would much rather take over a team that's bottoming out. I mean, that was, that's what Theo Epstein did, right? He took over a, a, a franchise in the Cubs that had tried everything. They bottomed out. They built up their farm system. It, it ultimately led to them being champions. It's hard to build up a team that is middle of the pack, that has a lot of money, that several weeks ago admitted they're probably not going to spend a ton of money because of the losses they had during this season and the fact that they already have several bloated contracts. Not to say they're awful contracts, but they signed some big players over the last couple of years in Harper and in Zach Wheeler. He's taking over a team that a year ago was fourth, I believe, in their own division that missed the playoffs while the Marlins of all teams advanced to the second round of the postseason, they're a mess right now. I mean, they're really in a lot of trouble, and I think Dave Dombrowski is as good as it gets in terms of the eye test. He's an incredible scout, but they're a team that's kind of over budget. They're a team that has underachieved. They're a team with pieces, but they don't necessarily have the whole puzzle, and he's being asked to create this entire thing kind of from scratch. Despite all of that, I'm not betting against him. I I don't think it's good to bet against Dave Nabrowski because Dave Nabrowski is as competitive an SOB as there is in all of baseball. The thing is when Dombrowski is at his best is when he has an owner, and you got to give Mike Illich credit for this, when you have an owner who's willing to dish out the money to help him build a champion. I don't know if he's going to have that in Philadelphia. And if that's the case, then why the hell did they even bring him in in the first place? That's a question we'll probably be asking ourselves for the rest of the offseason. So that will do it for today's show. That will do it for this week's worth of shows here on Locked on Tigers. I'm not going to plug my Twitter anymore because I haven't tweeted in like 12, 13 days and don't really plan to going forward. I guess at Castellani2014, and there you'll find the link to my YouTube page where I review movies. So if you're interested in that, you're welcome to follow me there and like and subscribe that channel. 
But you can follow this show on Twitter. I do recommend you do that, at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written, positive, five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening this week, everybody, and sticking with me. We will be right back here on Monday. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend, and go Tigers.